0: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome in to the Video Game Lounge podcast, the podcast not here for notes and news, but to talk games and drink brews. I'm your host this episode, John, and I am joined by our good friend, Mr. Ryan Yingling from the List Off podcast. How are you doing tonight, sir?
1: Doing good, man. Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Of
0: course. It's good to have you on. Uh, Dear listeners, Andrew and Kevin are not with us for this recording, but fear not, they will be returning very soon. Ryan stepped in, was able to join us for this episode, as we are celebrating the fifth year anniversary of the release of Lost Legacy, the Uncharted Lost Legacy, that is. Um, But we will get to that in a little bit. First, Ryan, how are you, sir? It's good to have you here.
1: Doing really well, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you inviting me on. Love the Video Game Lounge. Uh, Just happy to be here, man. How you doing? I'm
0: good, man. I'm good. Um, I know, so you're in Florida. Uh, We were talking about that, and... um, you're in the Tampa area, so I have to ask, like, this is kind of my opening question for everybody. What's weather like down there right now?
1: Uh, it was pouring rain today. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of afternoon thunderstorms sure. this time of sure. year, as you can imagine. Uh, a lot of humidity when it's not storming. So you have, like, a very short window of time in the morning to go out and do things outside unless you want to be uncomfortably hot or really, really wet.
0: Yeah. It's a lot like that in Maryland. Here in Maryland when it gets to be high eighties, low nineties, where it's and it's nine million percent humidity, you know, by like mm-hmm. eight thirty in the morning you're like, I yeah,
1: just gonna stay inside.
0: <laughs> I don't wanna do anything. Yeah, we
1: have like an entire summer of it. Actually, like the afternoon showers are kind of a blessing this time of year because we had a good chunk of summer where it was nothing but, you know, ninety five degrees with a hundred percent humidity yes. and you get used to it. It's funny how how much you get used to it, but uh, you can't be outside for too long when the weather's like that. Yeah,
0: this is true. This is true. I, I don't I don't blame you. We've had some mornings, like I get up at 4.30 in the morning for work, and there are times where in the 15 steps it takes me to get from my front door to my car, it's like, holy shit that I just step into a puddle. Like, I'm just disgusting right. by the time I get even to my car. So, Absolutely. right on. All right, man, well, we'll get this show started proper. I have a couple of questions for you if you're ready. I'm ready. First of which is what you're drinking.
1: So uh, what I'm drinking is a vintage, a vintage G Fuel. Nice. Nice. Uh, from <laughs> yeah, actually, it's from this year. It's Crimson Tears. It's the uh, it's the Elden Ring G Fuel. Nice. I don't know if you can still find this, I don't know if it's still available, but I went ahead and pre ordered it. And uh, yeah, if you want to ha- know a little bit of information about it, it has about the same amount of caffeine as a cup of coffee. I found this out today, oh, wow. prior to coming on your show because I knew you know I had to say something yeah, about it. Yeah. So I, th- I, I honestly thought it would have been a lot more. Uh, I would have thought so but too. But it has, it has, a metric ton of taurine apparently. Wow! <laughs> it has a thousand milligrams of taurine. So that's probably why I feel so alive right now, and I can feel my hair is moving.
0: I could even but, see so them yeah. moving now that you say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's t- actually surprisingly tasty. I'm not like a big energy drink guy. I got this to be a part of another podcast, the Big Drink Energy Podcast, yes. and I have to go ahead and, and give Mikey a shout out here because uh,
0: B D. Yeah, it's like the
1: greatest pod. It's like the best podcast name. Yes, ever, it right? really is. Uh, shout out to those guys. Uh, yeah, so I went ahead and pre-ordered it so I could go on his show, and it's really the first G Fuel I've ever had, and it tastes surprisingly good it's not very powdery going down it's it's actually like pretty impressive that's really good man i dig it yeah i dig it yeah
0: Uh, i know so we're an audio podcast my listeners aren't going to be able to see the graphic but it looked pretty cool so that's awesome
1: man yeah it was funny the i pre-ordered with the with like the special edition cup right it comes with like a blender bottle i know audio listeners won't be able to see this but They gave this, it was delayed. Uh, The people who ordered it without the cup got theirs, like, some even got it before it was technically released. Oh, wow. I got mine, I got mine like a month late, and they they sent this email out. This is my bad experience with G Fuel, I guess. They sent an email out like, hey, sorry, your pre-order's been delayed, and it was so full of shit. (laughs) It had this whole paragraph about how, like... Oh, but we're we're doing it so we could take the time to put like the gold filigree on the pre-order kit and like blah blah and all this and it was like you get the pre-order kit it's like printed on a cardboard box right. you know it's a plastic <laughs> label it's like what are you talking about uh, like what a bunch of crap oh yeah. man
0: yeah they're just they're just pumping you full of shit at that point it's fine yeah. but at least you got it and you like it so i did um I, exactly i i kind of want to ask how much it costs but if you don't want to divulge that information that's totally
1: cool too no i think there's like 40 bucks okay not bad maybe maybe 40 bucks. yeah and there's 40 servings oh, so it's about a dollar per nice. serving okay so that's so that's not
0: yeah. bad no yeah. that's not bad at all you can't beat that so right on um as for me, I'm going with uh, just a kind of classic drink. Not a beer for me tonight. I'm just doing a simple gin and coke. Um, I'm doing Seagram Seven gin with a little bit of coke. Uh, it's more gin than coke at this point. Whoever made it has got a very heavy hand. And that was me. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard. I've heard you talk about these uh, Seagram's drinks before, and I, I I figured I was hoping someday I'd have the opportunity to come on here and say I cannot stand gin.
0: Uh and that's totally cool. I did not become a gin fan until a co-host Kevin had kind of turned me into it, uh, or turned me onto it, yeah. I should say. Um, I've usually been a rum or whiskey fan, right? And I've also drank the family Scotch on here. My last name is Hague. If you look up any form of Scotch, um, Hagen Hague Scotch from Scotland um, is the oldest Scotch uh, distillery ever. So <laughs> started oh, cool. started in wow. Scotland, yeah. So.
1: Very cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's the scent of gin, you know?
0: Oh, okay. So it's, uh, but is it a taste thing too, or is it just the smell of it?
1: I've tasted it a few times, but the combination, it's just, I have came to terms with the fact that it wasn't for me. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
0: But when you were drinking, did you prefer like whiskey or that, any type of hard liquor? I was a
1: big scotch drinker. Uh, some of my favorites were like Oban. Oh, yeah. Which is actually an Islay not a highland uh yeah but um yeah i liked a lot of different scotches uh whiskey sure rum sure yeah yeah you know beer everybody likes beer everybody likes beer yeah yeah
0: right on i would imagine being previously in the coast guard there was a lot of beer had
1: (laughs) tons of beer had yeah tons of beer had nice a lot of
0: shots (laughs) (laughs) sure sure stories for another time or maybe when we stop recording (laughs) teaser All right, Ben. Well, that's our first question. The second question that I have for you is, what you playing?
1: Well, I want to give a special shout out to a game I finished up recently, and that's nice. Live Alive. Nice. Yeah, I, think li- I think everybody who has a Nintendo Switch and an interest in like the 16-bit era of JRPGs owes it to themselves to give this game a shot. Sure. Um, super fun, very experimental, and when you take the things it's doing and consider the fact that it originally came out like 27 years ago, it's pretty mind-blowing that they were attempting that stuff. That's really cool. I- it is super cool. Uh, I will also say that I'm currently playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West pretty much exclusively at this point. I finally picked it up, and uh, I haven't really looked back since. I'm probably about 20 hours in at this point. Yeah. And it is, I will say, the the I think the most impressive thing is that I really like the way the world is structured. I have a fatigue, a serious fatigue for open world games, but it never feels like a burden yeah. in this title. And it's gorgeous. It's probably the best looking game I've ever played, and that's it's up there with Demon's Souls levels of gorgeous. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just incredible detail, and I find the story very engaging. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see it through to the end without a doubt. Like, that's awesome. I'm, just, I'm, I'm hitting my stride right now.
0: That's cool. I'm happy to hear that. I honestly, I have to go back to this game because I'm probably stopped right around where you're at because I got about 20 hours in and then Mm -hmm. school started for me and then, uh, you know, doing stuff with my kids and summer and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And I just, I haven't been able to go back to it because I don't have like usually an hour and a half to two hours to play. I'm usually right around like half an hour and I talk about this on my show or like on this show all the time, like how much time I have to play a game dictates usually which game um, I, I play. Mm-hmm. So I need to go back to it, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I think it's a gorgeous game and what I like, I think, most about the game, and I've I talked a little bit about this on the episode that I did with the Friendly Neighborhood Gamers, is that I love Aloy's character in this one. And I think I like her more in this game. Because yeah. she she's like I I am so focused on wanting to find mm-hmm. out where silence is. I want to find, you know, I'm trying to save the world mm-hmm. here. And her character in this game is like I really don't want to do side quests. And like, when you play the game, I feel that too. I'm like, I want to continue the story. It's engaging and it, it, it's got me hooked. I want to, I want to keep unlocking things in the story. I want to get my new weapons and my new, you know, skills and things mm. and where the story goes, it just makes left turns and right turns where you don't think you just have no idea what's going to happen in the story. But man, shout out to Lens Reddick because he's amazing. Yeah. Silence is such a great character.
1: Yeah, oh, I man. know you like to go on tangents in this show, so here's one for you. Sure. Shout out to Lance Reddick. They should not have canceled the Resident Evil show. I, I, I did not know I was emotionally invested in this show, <laughs> but apparently it is a hill I will die on. Yes. Uh, and if if I'm here, I might as well say Netflix, like, bring this damn show back. Dude. Hell yeah. Let's go. Uh, it, it was it got panned and people crapped all over it and i think it just became the narrative around the show look it's a big dumb show but i don't really know if people were expecting something better than that from a resident evil show i sure as hell wasn't like it was supposed to be big dumb fun and that's exactly what i got and i was I, he was great in it he was he was incredible
0: absolutely incredible absolutely yeah. incredible
1: i will also say as far as horizon forbidden west goes uh I totally understand the time constraint. Like, none of those quests happen quickly. If it's, if you have a half hour to play, it's not exactly the type of game you could pick up and like get something done within that half hour.
0: Yeah, no, it's like that half hour usually is like I'm just hopping on whatever mount I have available (laughs) and I'm just going from this marker
1: to this marker.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And that's (laughs) exactly, that is pretty much it. So, that's cool. So,
1: Horizon Forbidden West, anything
0: else you've been playing recently?
1: There's a game that lives in the background uh, fairly constantly. And I'd say it's kind of perfect for when you have exactly a half hour to play. Yeah,
0: let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, that game is Vampire Survivors. Hell yeah, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, so tell tell me about your experience with this game.
0: So I got into this game mostly and mainly because of your show. So hearing you and Brian talk about it, so I was like, man, I'm going to try this game. And I got to be honest, at first I was like, man, the kind of old school 8-bit graphics, I was like, I don't know if this really jives with me. But playing the game, and literally the first time that I played it, I think I survived for about 12 minutes, and I was like, this game is insanely good. It's a dungeon crawler, but it's a roguelike Literally all you do is control your character and then you just pick which power-ups you want. Every time you level up, you just pick what weapons you want and what powers you have available to you. That's it. And then it's just you're trying to survive. And it's so good because every character you unlock has a different starting weapon or ability. Um, And then you have like coffins and things that you can find throughout the levels and oh my gosh it's so addicting and like you said like literally you're just trying to survive about a half hour every go around and that's about it i mean it's it's so good and so addicting yeah and
1: it's the constant unlocks you know you you feel like you're in a casino when you get those treasure chests and or like you unlock a new character you find a coffin and you unlock a new character it's constantly rewarding you yeah Th- throughout your the runs you don't survive throughout the runs you do survive yes you're always getting something as a reward and i think it's just like that constant it just takes that part of your brain and stimulates it like endlessly and it's it's nothing but a good time and it has like the right sound effects for all that stuff oh and gosh. everything every yeah.
0: level has its own music and it's so good um Every character is is unique. I, I don't know how many characters you have. I think I'm up to like 16 or something. Uh, and I still have the last... I still have a few of the bonus levels and then the very last level to unlock. But, um, man, I'm just having fun uh, just going around, tr- trying out the different characters. I got to say, my favorite one... I think I have two favorite characters at this point. My... It, it's a tie. It's like a 1A, 1B kind of scenario. So I love mm-hmm. playing as the... I don't know how to pronounce her name, but she's the nun, Clarissy or whatever. Clarissy. Yeah, yeah. And she yeah. starts out with the Santa water. She's amazing because her early levels, everything is like her area of effect is much bigger until you hit level five. Mm -hmm. And she's just amazing. And then I like being the old grumpy guy, Poe, who starts out with garlic. Garlic in this game is so damn powerful. It doesn't make sense, but I love just being able to go through an entire I don't know what right. you call a group of bats, a school of bats, and just right, murder right. them all and get all the blue orbs for your experience. Like, garlic is so powerful, and it's one of my favorite powers. How about you? Really? That's
1: interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think... So garlic was... When I was first starting, I really liked it, because it is, like, good early game stuff. Yeah. But um, I tend to like the Bible. Oh, the yeah, Holy the Holy Bible, King's Bible, than, yeah. yeah King, whatever it is, yeah, the King's... Because it, like... Is like a wider garlic, basically, right? I mean, things can get inside of the circle, yeah. but at that point, you're probably just shredding everything that comes your way, yeah. anyway. But uh, my favorite character, I don't know. I don't want to give anything away if you haven't unlocked him. But there's like a demon-looking guy. I have unlocked uh, him.
0: I haven't. Okay. I haven't bought him yet, so he's technically playable. I just haven't bought him yet. But he has. He's got the ability to like revive or something, right? right right
1: so forgive me for like not knowing the the names i should have studied up all good but uh yeah he comes with a revive and then if you get to a certain level he gets a second revive yeah yeah and it really does it get to the point where i don't even use the revives I, i honestly i think i like a starting weapon it's the boomerang and uh i do really like the boomerang as a weapon uh in the game. I I should venture out and do more characters. I'm at the point now where I am starting to do that. I have another guy who shoots these like red and blue orbs out in four different directions. Right. As his starting weapon. And I got through 30 minutes with him. And I'm at the point where I could kind of get through 30 minutes with anybody I choose now. So
0: (laughs) that's awesome, man. I also need to give a shout out to, I believe his name is. Genaro, uh he's the guy oh, who's, yeah genaro yeah, yeah, who yeah. starts out with uh he gets double projectiles like he's yes. he's freaking cool i love that guy
1: he, he is good uh but he starts with like the knife which is like not my favorite projectile definitely
0: but, yeah. not my yeah. favorite either but you know once you get some of the um you know if you get like the um what is it yeah the axe the axe axe. and then you can evolve your weapons too once you get them to what is it level eight i believe once you get them evolved i love that the axes become like death size
1: like they're they're really cool oh all, all the evolved forms of the weapons are just incredible yeah yeah super cool
0: yeah, man. I think you know Gnarro is pretty cool. When you evolve your weapons, I I think my favorite evolved weapon might be the Santa Water because it does the AOE damage and then it follows you around. Like that one's really fun. Um, the evolved um, knives isn't that the one that becomes like the swords, or is that the, or is that the crosses?
1: I don't know if I've ever. I don't think I've ever evolved okay. the knives yeah. all the way. The daggers. Like, I don't think I've ever gotten yeah. into I think, the think Actually, I
0: think one. I'm thinking of the... Yeah, it's the crosses. So when you evolve the crosses, they become like swords, so, so they're mm-hmm. wider. And so it's a bigger spread of damage, and they're really fun. Um, I'm trying to think of what yeah. else I evolved. I don't know. I love the one level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Evolved Bible is really cool. Yeah. Um, I think it's really fun that they just have a level where you're trying to destroy a bunch of plants. And so they're <laughs> right. you're just trying to last 30 minutes and then hopefully beat death at the end. So have you actually beaten that level?
1: Um, I, I don't, I have been to the plant level. There's a few, uh, all the bonus stages I think are set up like that. Yeah. It's like, Oh, there's not really enemies. It's just like go through the environment and take out like the furniture, basically. Basically. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I I have gotten to the point where I beat death, but then death comes back. There's just another death.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 It's, it, ladies and gentlemen, it is a fun game. It is yeah. free if you have Game Pass, and it is well worth your time, uh, especially. It's on,
1: game pa- it, it, it's on Game Pass? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I I pay it's it's three three dollars if you don't have Game Pass on Steam. So, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, because when as soon as you guys were mentioning it on your show a few episodes back, I was like, oh man, let me just check and see if it's on Game Pass, and it is, and it still says that it's in beta, uh, like it's a beta <laughs> version or whatever. But man, it That's plays funny. amazing. Um, we keep talking about all the different attacks there's so many uh, characters I think you start out what is it uh, Ryan it's like four characters right and then yeah I think like three or four and then you there. just the longer you stay alive in, in certain levels you unlock more characters you have to buy them but then oh we haven't even talked about the upgrades you get money and then mm. you can upgrade like your strength uh, your speed. And, uh, your wealth, like you start getting like 10% more coins and things like that. Like the upgrade system is really cool. And the best feature, correct me if I'm wrong here, man, but the best feature is you can buy back upgrades and then re-spend the money somewhere oh. else. Like
1: it's awesome. You can respect all your upgrades. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It is
0: yeah. incredible. I actually just recently did that. Uh, I forget what the upgrade was that I spent money on. Um, I think it was, uh, I think it was for a revive, actually. So that like I, I could get a. I could, essentially, my character spawns with a revive, uh, a revive. Um, so it is a fun game, and we've been talking about it for like ten minutes. It, it mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, you owe your, owe it to yourselves to go play this game. It is so much fun. Absolutely, it's on Game Pass or uh, three dollars on Steam. It's really good. It's got to be. It's got to be PC Game Pass that it's on, right? Pro, yeah, I think so. I downloaded it off okay. of there. Yeah okay yeah okay. that
1: makes sense and
0: yeah. you can play it with a controller and it does help a little bit with like being able to do like 45 degree angles but i literally mostly have played this game just using the d-pad on my keyboard mm-hmm. like and that's literally all you
1: need <laughs> it's, yeah yeah it auto fires for you and everything yeah. and I mean, I'm telling you, if you pick it up and play it, as soon as you get a treasure chest, you'll you'll see what we're talking about. You'll just be like, yeah, this game's really, really cool.
0: And then I remember Brian, your co-host on your show, talked about like after, I think it's every fifth treasure, you get the cool music and the really cool graphic that comes up and you end up, every fifth treasure, you get like somewhere between three and five random upgrades for your current abilities and weapons. The music's insane. The graphics are really fun. It's... It's so good. I can't talk about this game uh, any more highly than what we already have. Like, it's just so good. Yeah, for sure. It's so for addicting, sure. especially on, like, the dad schedule that you and I have, like, where you just mm-hmm. maybe have 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know. You can knock out a run on this game and then, you know, buy some skills and then come back later or the next day and, you know, just try and get further. Um, it is so much fun. So, Ryan, anything else that you want to say about Vampire Survivors?
1: No, man. I think we got it covered. Yeah, I
0: think so. All right. That's going to do it for the Whatcha Playing. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into our topic here. We have a great one for you. We're celebrating five years, the anniversary of the release of Uncharted Lost Legacy, which if you're wondering what that game is, this is a story continuation from Uncharted 4 A Thief's End, and it stars Chloe Frazier and Nadine Ross, characters from the Uncharted universe that are really good. They team up and they go out on this, this adventure throughout the country of India. And if you haven't played this game, Ryan, you can back me up here. It is well worth your time. A lot of people said no to this game simply because <laughs> it didn't have Nathan Drake And that is a wrong assessment and wrong opinion. I'm telling you right now, this game is worth your time. What do you think, Ryan?
1: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, John. Like, definitely the wrong assessment there. I I actually didn't play it for the first 4.8 years of it being (laughs) in existence. Uh, And now that didn't have anything to do with Nathan Drake not being in it. It was just because it was like... It's so funny. I don't believe in a time to value ratio yeah. as far as games go, but it was, you know, it was a $40 game or whatever and yeah. I was like at the time I was playing other things. I just got through Uncharted 4. I was like, you know, I I don't know if I need a more Uncharted right now. And then, you know, you get more and more people saying, "Hey, like Lost Legacy is probably the best Uncharted." And I listened to that for 4 years of people saying that, and it just it was never the right time for me to play it. Mm-hmm. And I was always waiting. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be a PS plus game, it's gonna be available for free, like at some point, and it never did get there. Yeah. It never did. Uh not while I it had did. it. Yeah,
0: the mainline titles right. were on PS plus, but not Lost Legacy, I don't think.
1: Right. And then they did the whole uh Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection. Yep, for
0: PS five, yeah.
1: And I I was not going to buy it just for Lost Legacy, you know? Like, I've played through all the Uncharted games, every single one of them. So I wasn't going to pull the trigger just to play the one new one that I hadn't experienced. And I'm so glad I held out because it is now available on PlayStation Plus Extra, the Extra tier. So I ended up finally getting it. For the price point I wanted. And I should have just spent $40 on it years ago because sure. the game is phenomenal. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's so good. Yes, it is uh, really good. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a little
0: story that I want to share about my first experience with this game. So I actually got mm. to play it the weekend that it released back in 2017. And nice. that weekend was a, va- a family vacation for my family and I. So it was my wife and my son, who was two at the time. We had my sister and her husband and her son, and then my aunt and uncle, who are kind of like aunt, mom, uncle, dad. And we had this really nice house that was out on the water not too far from here. And we had the first day of this weekend, my wife and my aunt, they went out and did some girl stuff. They, you know, they went shopping, got you know their mani pedi and all that stuff. And I was at home watching my son and my nephew. And I told them like, "Look, you guys can go do this, but when you come back, I want the same amount of time for me to just be downstairs." Because this house had a theater room that had wall to wall like leather recliner seats that each had their own remote control that had uh, like massage. Like uh, like, like, you could get a massage with it. You could adjust settings wow. for that. You could adjust like your recline level. Like it was insane. Yeah. And then opposite you was speakers. You had speakers on the wall behind you too. So it had surround sound speakers. And That's then, crazy. Uh, and each corner in front of you, you had just racks and racks of video games and DVDs. And the deal was you brought your own system. And then there was a separate switch opposite you on the wall and I was like I wonder what this button is this button brings down a 90 inch projector screen so I hook up my ps4 and I was like let's fucking go so I hook up my yeah, ps4 man. and I put this game in and I got to play the first two and a half three hours of this game on a 90 inch projector screen and oh my god dude it was the most surreal surreal Video game experience I think I've ever had playing this game with surround sound, theater reclining chair, and just the biggest screen I've ever played on in my life. And it blew me away. Just it being a Naughty Dog game, I'm a huge Naughty Dog fan. I'm a huge Uncharted fan. Like I was immediately engrossed in this story and I ended up staying up late every night during my family vacation to finish this game. And I started on a Friday and I was done by the time we left Sunday. (laughs) Like wow. I just blew through this game and I played most of it like I think I played about ninety percent of it on this big ass
1: projector screen. (laughs) That's incredible, man. What an opportunity like to have an experience like that with and the way the game starts too, it's so yeah, you know, edgy or sea. Yeah. There's so many, you know, it's a naughty dog game. It's a naughty dog uncharted game. So you know there's those big action set pieces and like Oh, it, I can only imagine in like getting to play it in a movie, in a private movie theater. Basically. Yeah.
0: I mean, That's... I was on my own. So like I was just geeking out and nerding out and kind of like metaphorically jizzing my pants as, as a right. nerd, <laughs> right. but like, Oh my God, bro. I'm telling you, it was so much fun. And I'm glad that I got to have that experience. Um, So, yeah, that's my little story about the intro to this game, and I can remember just about everything about it. I've gone back and played through it um, twice since then. I'm still very familiar with the game. I love this game. You mentioned that you had had people telling you that this might be the best game in the series. If I had known you back then, I would probably be one of those people. I'm of the mind that says, I think each Uncharted game gets better and improves upon... The previous one and yes I'm saying that three improves upon two and four improves upon three and then this game improves upon four we'll get into a list in just a little bit here people about our favorite things about this game but I'm just going to say right now I love this game and you need if you are an Uncharted fan please go play this game after you play Vampire Survivors, please go play this game.
1: <laughs> I would probably prioritize Lost Legacy over Vampire Survivors personally. Yeah, personally, sure. Because I, I'm in the same camp. After playing it, this is undoubtedly my favorite Uncharted Nice. Game. I mean, yeah. I I don't know if I'd be in the same camp as you as each title progressively got sure. better. Sure. Yeah. I th- I, I do enjoy three, but I do think it was a slight step back. It, it, sure. But I also like four. You know. Um, I loved 4. 4 was gorgeous, but yeah. This was the this was like a a better version of the gorgeousness of 4. Yes. Because 4 to me suffered pacing issues. Like it was it was a longer game than it had to be, I think.
0: I would agree. So I, I, yeah. I,
1: I'm a big fan of Uncharted. I'm a huge fan of Naughty Dog. Uh, I do have a favorite Naughty Dog series that's not Uncharted, but John probably knows that. Oh, yeah, and I'm
0: right there with you, brother. Like, Last of Us is a great series, and as you say on your show about Last of Us Part 2, haters be damned. It's a great game. That's right.
1: And it's a masterpiece, so...
0: Go, yeah, go play 100%. that too.
1: <laughs> but yeah, th- I, I do enjoy every single Uncharted game. Just because I say I don't think they progressively got better, doesn't mean that they're not all great yeah. games, because they are. They
0: are they are all fantastic games. So that's our just precursor to what we're going to be talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, as a ode to the list off podcast, of which Ryan is a co-host on. What they do on their episodes is they pick a topic and they list things that they like or maybe even dislike about a topic. And so we're going to do that here. We're going to list five things that we like about Lost Legacy. And as Ryan and his co-host Brian do on their show, we're actually going to do six things. Because number six is actually an honorable mention. We make up the rules as we go here. It's totally fine. So Ryan, let's get into our list, shall we? Let's do it. All right, man. Start us off with your honorable mention, your number six for your favorite thing about Uncharted Lost Legacy.
1: All right. My, my number six, my honorable mention. I, you know, for the longest time on our show, I said my runner-up, which is... Yeah. I said it... I had like a good 10-episode yeah. stint where I was saying runner-up and I was like... That's not right. I'm an idiot because that's, it's not my number yeah. two. Uh, so here's my honorable mention. Uh, it's the pseudo open world setting of the first part of the game. The uh, open field, yeah. I think, is the term that a lot of developers like to use now. Uh, you could just tell it was a prototype for many of the Last of Us Part two areas. I think it's definitely a direction that Naughty Dog wants to head yeah. in. And to me, this was the first time you saw it work. Because they did it in Uncharted they 4. They did, There yeah. were areas where they did it in Uncharted 4, but it, it didn't work as much because it didn't seem as though there was enough to discover in the Uncharted 4 I w- I would
0: agree, yeah.
1: And you also just didn't seem to spend a lot of time there. It wasn't a good chunk of the game where you were in these open field environments, right? When you think about when you're all riding around in the Jeep in Uncharted mm-hmm. 4, it's, it's a section of the game, but it's not a prolonged section of the game. It's not a a good chunk of the game. Whereas for almost the first half of the game, and it could be much longer than that. If you decide to explore every nook and this cranny, is true. Yeah. They have that open field. And it, I like that they did dynamic things with how it changes, mm-hmm. uh, I, do we have to say spoiler alert for Lost Legacy? Sure. Like, if you're listening to this, yeah. you should probably you should have played. Yeah, you should
0: have played the game by now. But yeah, we'll go ahead and say spoiler alert. We're gonna do a lot of stuff with story, gameplay, everything. So yeah, right. So
1: you have that moment where uh, you know Nadine and Chloe have a bit of a falling out. Yeah and then you have to go after and it's stormy and raining and the environment's actually changed at that yeah. point because you've you've unlocked things in the environment and like it's it's really cool that you get to spend, you know, 3 to 4 hours in this one single area and that area changes as you go through it. I I just thought that was really a great implementation yeah. of, of this and it's something I'd like to see from more games where the focus on having an open world doesn't have to be that it's huge. Right. It could just be a smaller, more contained space that has those yeah. dynamic elements right. to it. Right,
0: dynamic elements and, and kind of in, in a smaller portion, like a choose-your-own-adventure. What, Ryan, mm-hmm. what Ryan's talking about is an area in the game called the Western Ghats. and you have 10 treasures you can find in this area. You can choose to look for zero of them, or anywhere between 0 and 10. It's totally up to you. And that space is big enough for you to traverse and it changes. You have waterfalls. You have bridges. You have many trees and roads and things that you can explore and caves and puzzles. And it's absolutely amazing. And like you said, like they kind of started that with 4 in the Madagascar level. But there's not much to really search for. It's just kind of a bigger area. I kind of like that area, but like you said, you don't spend a lot of time there where in this game, you can spend as much time as you want. You can just mainline the story quest and go, alright, I'm going to hit this spot, this spot, and this spot and just kind of get the story on or you can go, hey, I can go find all of these treasures. There's a little question mark on the top right part of the map here. I wonder what that area is. By the way, you should go find out what that area is. Um, <laughs> it's well worth it. And I love the kind of choose-your-own-adventure aspect that comes with that. So if that's your number six, I can't wait to hear the other five, man. That's awesome. I
1: I think it's good you brought up the map because that's the best thing, is that they give you these points. Like, this is where you need to go. This is where you can go. And it's all so well laid out for you that you're right. It is a choose-your-own-adventure. You could approach it in whatever order you want. You could go wherever you want and do those things, but it's never confusing as to where to go and that's important
0: and what's cool is that map kind of aspect of this also translated over into the next game that they made which is last of us part two because you have that section in seattle where ellie has the map and she's riding around with dina on horseback and she's marking things out and the map and how it's implemented into the game is the exact Mm -hmm. same here this was like the kind of starting point for that and it's so well done i absolutely love it so, all right, I'll get into my, uh, I was about to say runner-up too. <laughs> <laughs> Got that in my head. So my, um, my number six here didn't make the, the top five, but um, one of the things that I'm going I'm to bring up visuals and how this game looks a little bit later on in my list, but I want to draw attention to a certain aspect of this that I really, really like. So Ryan, I wanted to ask you if you noticed that any time that Chloe has to pull out her camera and take a picture, did you ever recognize the spots in the map, like in the game world, where you had to do that? Did you notice anything flying or pointing you in that direction?
1: No, no, I can't say I did. Now I, I'm going to feel stupid about it, aren't I? <laughs> no, if kidding.
0: you notice, any time where it, it prompts Chloe to pull out her phone and take a picture of whether it's one of the fortresses or the little girl at the beginning in the plaza, there's dragonflies. It's usually two or three dragonflies that are kind of gold or yellow colored because it, Naughty Dog likes to use yellow to pinpoint things in the world that right, are right. interactable, you know, things to climb or where to go. And they did that in this game with little dragonflies. So if you look closely enough, especially when you come originally into the Western Ghats, there'll be just a couple of dragonflies flying around, and that's where Chloe needs to stand to take a picture. So I just love that they took something that, could physically be in the world and go hey here's just the tiniest little hint where you can use Chloe's phone and it takes awesome really cool pictures you take I don't know probably a dozen pictures throughout the course of the game Mm -hmm. for just uh, story related things um, and it's really really fun I love that they implemented something like that like a real world thing uh, like using your cell phone but also just having the
1: dragonflies I think is a pretty cool touch so as soon as you mentioned, I'm like, oh, yeah, they were there. That's right. Like, yeah, it's funny that uh, it's so subconscious, you know. Uh, other games have done it, like Ghost of Tsushima afterwards, yeah. you know, may have been inspired because they do a lot of that natural pointing you in the right direction, right? Like, oh, here's a yeah, bird. Yeah, here's the golden bird or in. that type of thing. Right, yeah, right. That's yeah, cool. But uh, it, it it's a little more heavy-handed than Ghost of Tsushima. I would agree. No, yeah. I would say, yeah, this is very, very subtle. Yeah. Good pick,
0: man. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So you're number five. Let's get our list started here proper.
1: All right. So my number five is the relationship between Nadine and Chloe. That's a pretty general entry, but, uh, I just felt like everything was genuine. You know, it's a business transaction at first. Right. 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 And there is some trepidation there on both parts on whether or not they could trust the person and what the person's past is. And, uh, it really comes into play in that first area when you run into the villain for the first mm-hmm. time um where you know some things get found out about Nadine like she has a past with this yeah. guy and Chloe's kind of like wait a minute wait a minute like you didn't tell me this like where are we at with with this with our relationship and then that kind of shifts when you know, uh, all of a sudden, Sam's in it, Nate's brother's in yep. it, right? And then Nadine's like, hold hold the phone, Chloe. Yeah. Like, this is not okay. And they have a huge falling out. And, you know, it's funny. This is something that's such a trope in movies and games, right? Where there's always that moment where, like, a relationship has its falling out only to come back and bond stronger. Right, right. right? but it never felt like the trope in this game because everything felt earned you if you played uncharted 4 you knew why those feelings were present uh between Nadine and and Sam right yeah so every the dialogue was so well written as naughty dog tends to do and the acting was spot on spot on yeah yeah, yeah. So just to see their relationship with each other, their banter with each other and the growth and the way that relationship shifts to eventually end with like genuine concern and care for the other person, it felt really earned and it felt like in this short amount of time you were playing the game you were a part of this and like it just felt good by the end of it like yeah these guys like they're buddies now like this is i feel tight like we're tight dude we're cool we're besties you know like it was cool yeah
0: i i'm glad that you you mentioned that um it is It is a natural progression. It it is very trepidatious, like you said at the beginning, and then throughout the course of the game and things that happen within the story, whether it's Asav, who is the bad guy in this, or the appearance of Samuel Drake, the brother from uh, Uncharted 4, kind of coming in. And you you know why Nadine and Sam already have you know, a contentious relationship because of the events of the last game. And this game really takes place. They don't really say, but it's, you kind of get this feeling that it's just a few months after, right? It's, it's, it's very close. You know, it's not a couple of years. This is like a, you know, four, five months, maybe even two months. Like it's very close to the end of this, of Uncharted 4. And so you already know that they don't get along, but then you actually have Chloe kind of mature throughout this whole game. And her arc really feels like she's just a female Nathan Drake. She's as witty and as charismatic and can hold her own in combat just as well as Nate can. And it fits. It yeah. makes sense. And you've already seen it before in Uncharted 2 and her bits in Uncharted 3. It just is a natural kind of progression for her. Um, but the fact that she ends this game pretty selfless, too, is just incredible. She She's a very well-written character. I'm glad glad that's your number five. It's a good pick.
1: I also like how they got into the whole Nadine and Shoreline thing, like the continuation of that dynamic, right? And what happened, like what happened with her and her her company, and you kind of get some back, some additional story with that.
0: I love that they kind of gave that general or sergeant or whatever he was a name because (laughs) he was a nameless guy in Uncharted 4, but I was like, okay, that's kind of like one hiccup that the game has. It's like, oh, okay, I didn't know that that guy had a name, but okay. Right. Uh, That's cool, man. Um, my number five, and this is just just a huge shout out to Naughty Dog and how they are able to integrate these really sweet and cool moments in the midst of chaos or whatever game it is. Like the last of us you have the really cool giraffe scene with Joel and Ellie, right? And in this game, you get a couple of scenes that just kind of take you out of, like, the blood and bullets kind of aspect of this game. And you have these two really sweet scenes, the first of which is you don't know this, but Nadine really likes monkeys. And you have this spot on the map where you can go find this kind of little, like, monkey den. And there's a treasure in there. So if you're, you know, trophy hunting, you want to go in there. And this the the prize that you get helps you finding future treasures but you have this really cute scene play out with nadine and the monkeys and then later on after you know we've already alluded to the falling out between nadine and chloe after that falling out you have a very sweet scene that happens with a mom elephant you end up riding the elephant and then you reunite her uh reunite her with her family and then you get to take a picture with the elephant how cool is that Only Naughty Dog could pull something off like that and go, yeah, this makes sense in this world. It makes sense in this time period. You need this moment to kind of, you know, kind of repair this relationship and they do it by this elephant kind of thing. It's You you help save the elephant and then you get to ride her and it's... um, it's just amazing. It's the only naughty dog I think could pull off something like this and it just makes sense in the world. So that's my number five is monkeys and elephants. That's really sweet how they implement these things.
1: It definitely is. I'm glad I got to see the monkey scene because you could miss it. You can can totally miss miss it. Yeah. But it lends to additional dialogue when Nadine and Chloe do have that falling out. There's a point where they're like supposed to be angry at each other and they see more monkeys and Chloe says, Hey, look monkeys, like almost like, yeah, I know we're mad at each other, but like, check yeah. it out. Like, I know you like monkeys now. Yeah, like, yeah. Right? There's like, a payoff. Yeah, right. It adds that like, also that dynamic to their relationship where it's like, yeah, I know we're mad, but like, I still like you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very good. Great pick. Man. Appreciate it. All right. So you're number four. Yes, sir. My number four is uh, The Countless Vistas. So there you go with your golden dragonflies. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's probably my favorite collection of landmarks from any Uncharted. Yeah. You know, these games always have those mountains you climb and the incredible s- scenes and, and vistas that you see. And, you know, most of the time it ends in a undiscovered city that is just mind blowingly beautiful. Think Uncharted 2, for example. Yeah. But. I just really liked the way everything was depicted in this from underground tombs to climbing mountain-sized Ganesh statues, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Everything about it was amazing the whole way through there. And and you know, there's countless hidden temples, maybe not countless, but there are hidden temples yeah. like where you find the monkeys and you find those treasures and and spots that you could go and play through and not find unless you take the time and And all of those spots are done so well. It it definitely conveys that overgrown jungle feeling. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes with these types of games, it's like, oh, I'm here because it's where the yellow thing told me to go, Mm -hmm. right? I'd never got that feeling in Lost Legacy. It felt like every discovery I made for myself was organic. It wasn't because I was being pointed in that direction necessarily, beyond like a mark on the map, but it felt like... Oh this is totally over I could see how people wouldn't see this you know you you discover it and it feels like a discovery it doesn't feel like they're pushing you towards it Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I
0: remember texting you about it after you had mentioned that you were playing this game. I was like, hey, man, have you gotten to, like, the Ballore yet? And you're like, yeah, I think I'm there. And, man, that underground city of Balor is just absolutely mind-blowingly gorgeous. All of the vistas, like you said, and all of, like, the mountainous regions of India that you're in. This whole game takes place in India, and there isn't, like, a pixel that is discarded or forgotten about in this game everything Mm. looks so great it is amazing Um, I might talk about visuals a little bit later on down my list but I'm happy that you brought it up because I mean yeah this this game is absolute nails when it comes to visuals it's so good it's so good absolutely so all right, that's your number 4 my number 4 I'm going to give a shout out to who I think might be the best bad guy in the series it's got to be Asav man I think, you know, one of the things I can... I So, look, I'm a huge Uncharted fan. If you're listening to this show, you know I talk about
1: Uncharted on damn near every episode. That said, I think some of the... Do you want to talk about, let's see, if it's every episode, it's Uncharted, God of War, uh, maybe a ghost of Tsushima thrown in there, Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah see, Ryan knows. Yeah, yeah, Ryan yeah. knows. So,
0: I think one of the things that I can say, honestly, about the series is it really doesn't do too well about writing especially boss fights, but, like, bad guys. I think, like, uh, Marlo in Uncharted 3, I think, is a pretty well-written villain, right? The boss fight with um, Lazarevich at the end of 2, I think, is a very lackluster fight. You're literally just running around shooting blue pods of tree sap. It was a lackluster mm-hmm. fight. You kind of understand what his deal is. It's just world domination, but then... right. I'm evil. Yeah, I'm evil kind of thing. I think <laughs> yeah. Asav, who is the bad guy in this villain, I think is a more realized villain. And then the fact that he has a history with Nadine, they were romantically involved. I think he feels more grounded as far as a bad guy goes. And for me personally, in the entire series, I think I like him most as, as a villain. I think Asav is very well written and you understand what his motivations are and it suits his character and what he wants to do. Like, he's not really trying to be world domination. He's like, I want this treasure. I'm going to sell it, make some money, and I'm going to incite a civil war here in India. That's really what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you know that from the beginning, and it doesn't really change. But then you have these, you know, your two female characters that are kind of getting in the way of that. And he's like, look, you guys mess with me. I'm going to mess with you. And he you have some fight scenes with this guy and he holds his own. If you played Uncharted 4, you know that Nadine Ross can kick both Nate and Sam's ass at the same time. Nadine can hold her own and the fact that she gets just pummeled by this dude multiple times. um, He's a great fighter. He's very smart. I think he's just a well-written villain and I think he's my favorite villain in the series.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with you as far as him being the best villain in the series but i might get into that a little later okay uh, dig it i I do want to say to me i I agree as well about the villain from uncharted 2 i think the climax of that was more the escape yeah uh than anything else but it was it did feel bad getting to that point and that was what the boss fight was right yeah yeah Yeah. hit us with your number three man all right man so my number three is chloe's background yeah Uh, It's just that, you know, I always liked Chloe as a character in the Uncharted games. I was always kind of rooting for her and Nate. Yeah, yeah, I can (laughs) Uh, dig it. Unpopular opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But it was just so cool to see her have her chance to shine, like to have her own game. If they make future Uncharted, I really hope it's Chloe and Nadine. Yeah. I really do. I hope that is the the two we get to see more of as as this series goes on. Uh, I just thought it was really cool to find additional background out on the character as well, as far as like her heritage goes and her father. Those are things we didn't know going into this game. And you really get a better sense of who she is as a human being and, you know, why she is the way she is and why she comes off in certain ways in earlier games. And it justifies those past experiences by, by diving into her background and who she is and how her childhood was and who her father was. And, You know, it gives you a sense of what her motivation is in life and why it is what it is. And, like, honestly, I didn't even know Chloe was Indian. I didn't know she was part Indian going into this game. I don't think that's something they ever brought up. So to even just have that as, like, oh, okay, like, now this makes sense. Like, the accent fits. Okay, like, I got it now. Like, yeah, we're good and to ha- to ha- and it played really well into this story in particular her uh, her heritage did so i just thought finding all these things out about a character i already loved from prior games was like oh this is like a real person yeah now. you know it's not just that side chick right <laughs> that she was like relegated to in earlier games unfortunately yeah. so i think she was always a great character but now it's like no this is a real person and yeah it was so great to get to find that out about chloe
0: man that's a great pick and there's even a line from nadine at one point when you're you're in the western gats uh, area and you're doing the turning the things for the waterfalls and mm. you know you're watching each time you do that you have to do it three times but every time that it happens you're kind of getting a little bit more You know, a time between the characters where they're talking. So they have one time where they're kind of talking about Shoreline. They name drop Nathan Drake and everything. But then there's the one time where Chloe's explaining to Nadine about her Australian heritage and then you realize that she mentions that her dad is Indian. And you actually have an in-game line from Nadine that says, oh, well now your accent makes sense. And it's like, Right. And it's like you said, you had no idea she was Indian. You knew that she was at least Australian. She has that accent, but you had no idea mm. of her Indian heritage. And like you said, man, you realize her motivations and her character in early earlier games. Like, she's a little bit more cold. She's a lot more sarcastic. But you realize why throughout the story of this game. And spoiler alert, she changes a little bit by the end. Like, she has a full character yeah. arc with this I agree with you. I would love to see more Nadine and Chloe if they did like a, a sequel to this game. I would love to see Cutter come back because I love Cutter. He was one of my favorite characters from three and it's it's yeah. him and Chloe kind of might be sort of kind of are together. Who knows? Um, but yeah. I too, for a little bit was rooting for Chloe and Nate to be together, but I do
1: love Elena. I think it's the right relationship. Um, but it's probably healthy for, for the healthier for both of them, right? To not be together. Yeah. So man,
0: that's a great pick. I love that pick. Yeah, Chloe is the star of the show, but she she's so perfectly written in this game. I can't state that enough. It's it's a great pick, man.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that.
0: So number three for me is this is where I'm inserting my visuals. And so that means I got two things better than this, but don't let that fool you, ladies and gentlemen. This game is absolutely gorgeous. I think at the time that this game came out in 2017, I think I remember playing it. This came out after Horizon Zero Dawn, and Horizon Zero Dawn at the time of launch, especially on my PS4 Pro, looked amazeballs. It was incredible. And then this game comes out in typical Naughty Dog fashion. I mentioned earlier in my story, I played this on a 90 inch projector screen. This game is phenomenal. And I think even now, like, so you played the, the PS5 game. I, right. you know, I don't have a PS5. I don't think they're available in Maryland. I've not seen one out in the wild.
1: So. <laughs> okay. I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to help you out here. You need to sign up to get emails for PlayStation Directs because they've been, that's the way most of the consoles come out. And now they're at a point. This is from, Play, you buy them directly from PlayStation if you're interested. Sure. I don't yeah, know. yeah. But if, even if the listeners are wanting to know. um they now have it to the point where they're available for hours after the Direct goes live. Okay. So when I got mine, there was a whole queue that you had to enter, and they pulled people randomly from the queue, and I just happened to be lucky enough to get one. Nice. But if as soon as they go live from PlayStation Direct, you they're like, you could just get on there and, and purchase one. So.
0: I might have to do that. But, um, man, this game, I think even still now... Just because Naughty Dog polishes their games in a way that a lot of studios either can't or just don't have the resources to do. This game still, even five years old now, still looks incredible to me. I did pop it in over the course of this last week and play just a handful of hours. I didn't play through the whole game because I already know how everything plays out. But, you know, like you brought up earlier, just some of the, the... the areas in this game, the vistas and things, the cliffs, just the, the countryside of the mountains and everything that you see. I, I love very early on in the game where Chloe's infiltrating kind of the, the army base. And you have this scene where you have a plane fly over and then bomb the city in India. Uh, yeah. And just the the graphic that comes up, the, the that explosion looks I mean it's horrifying what happens but it it looks beautiful right it is this game is insanely insanely good looking um and I can't just talk that up you know I've already we're going to continue to talk about this game but just yeah. how well this game looks even little nuanced things like throughout the game you get wet you get muddy you get dirty they have mm-hmm. cuts and bruises and you physically see all that happen Chloe's got long black hair, and as she progresses through the game, it gets sweaty, it gets dirty, it gets stuck to her. Like it the hair physics in this oh, game yeah. look insanely good. Like, I can't talk about the graphics of this game enough, man. It's such an insanely good-looking game.
1: Well, you bring up a great point. Like, look at a cutscene. Look at how Nadine and Chloe look in a cutscene when they first arrive at like the Western Gates, yeah. right? But then look at a cutscene from the end of the game and how they look. And, yeah, it's yeah. attention to detail that you don't get from other yeah, developers. Yeah, they, they
0: are absolutely haggard looking. They they went through some shit during this game, and it shows. Their mm-hmm. clothes are ripped. They got blood and sweat and tears and everything in between just on them, and it's in, it's insane, the level of detail. That's my number
1: three. I, that's one of the reasons Naughty Dog is my probably my favorite developer. Yeah, same. They have that attention to detail and they are unparalleled when it comes to animation. Yeah. They have so many animations that change based off of like how you're positioned and what you're interacting with. And it's like, and it's so realistic, you know, it's the closest thing we've gotten to like how people actually interact with the environment around yeah. them. Yeah. Awesome, man. Great pick, man. Great pick. All right. So we're in our top. Top two. two. Let's go, man. What you got? Let's do it. Let's do it. So my my number two is kind of an odd pick. It's a little outside of, you know, what's in the game, and it's the length or the playtime of the game. Yeah. This, it, this is super high on my list because I have as you know, a child. Yeah. And uh, as and like we mentioned with Vampire Survivors, you don't always have a lot of time to play video games. And I have come to terms with the fact that, you know, I alluded to not having like a value to time ratio. That's nonsense to me. I, I think I would gladly pay 60, 70 bucks for a game that is eight to 10 hours, but doesn't suffer any pace, pacing issues yeah. and is just Awesome the the whole way through, and that's exactly what I got with Lost Legacy. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't have to pay that sort of money <laughs> for it because it's on PlayStation Plus Extra. Yeah. But this is like the sweet spot; it's the magic zone. It's that ideal length of game. And as much as I'm loving Horizon Forbidden West, like yeah, it it, it's, it also doesn't have a lot of pacing issues yet. So yeah. that's a big reason I don't really mind the length so far. But I am mainlining that story. Like, I am not messing around with side quests. I'm not discovering cities, none of that. So when I get a game like Lost Legacy that just is tight, a tight experience, well-written, everything about it just sings, and it never lets up for those 8 to 10 hours, give me a 100 games to play like that. I I love it. So you
0: may or may not have spoiled what my number one is, because... So my, my number one <laughs> was going to be... Pacing. No, dude, totally cool. I, I knew that we would probably have some sort of overlap, but I'll go I'll go, right, I'll go right, more into mine when we get to number ones. But, dude, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, This game's pacing, I think, is the reason why I would say that this might be the best Uncharted game because it's a little bit longer than the original Uncharted, Drake's Fortune is, but the pacing is so well-paced in this game. You have so much action. You have sequences where... You're in the Jeep and you're exploring, but then you also have sequences where you're in the Jeep trying to get away from people. You have a train sequence very similar to that of Uncharted 2. You have moments like I mentioned about the monkeys and the elephants uh, earlier. You have um, a moment where Chloe breaks down crying because she realizes her dad had been to this one of these lost cities and she has a moment where she's like, Holy shit, like my dad was here. You have these breaks in in combat and story that are so well placed where you feel like, Man, okay, we just did we just killed like twenty bad guys and then we have this emotional scene. Now let's go kill thirty more bad guys. Now we're gonna go do some puzzle solving. We're gonna go find a treasure and now we're gonna it it, like everything feels like it's in its right place. But you also have the Mm -hmm. ability to kind of pick and choose how much of what you want to get (laughs) like you can just kind of mainline the story and kind of forget about some of the puzzles and and treasures and things but the pacing in this game is just top-notch so yeah man i'm glad that's your number two um my number two i'm a huge voice acting guy i love the voice acting in this game um so, Claudia Black, Laura Bailey, and then shout-out to Troy Baker as Sam Drake. The voice acting and performance capture in this game, absolutely top-notch. Just like the rest mm-hmm. of any game that Naughty Dog does, whether it's Last of Us or Uncharted, the performances in this game are so stellar. And like you brought up earlier with the animations, the, the serious scenes are very serious. Some of the comical scenes are very funny. But it's also the performances of the actors, too. They nail oh, yeah. every single line. It's it's insane just how you can connect on so many different emotional levels with the characters. I love the voice acting in this game. You, you pay for professional voice actors for a reason. Naughty Dog does motion capture for a reason, and this is why this game's voice acting is absolute top-notch.
1: I 100% agree with you. I think... Uh, Usman Ali is the voice actor for Asana yeah and
0: he, shout out to him he is incredible special mention yeah. to
1: him yeah absolutely yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I think that is another thing like you said you get with these uh, Naughty Dog games you just get this unparalleled acting prowess yeah and uh, yeah this is a perfect example of it man for sure yeah
0: it's, it's quality
1: of the highest quality <laughs>
0: it's just it's yeah. so good
1: yeah so this is it. We have arrived. We already know mine, but I'm interested to hear what your number well, one is. So you had said, you know, Asav being the best bo- the best villain yeah. in, uh, in any Uncharted, right? And uh, I will concur. I agree he is. But that's not my number okay. one. Okay. My number one is the final boss fight in this game. This just nailed yes. the landing, in my yes. opinion. There are high stakes... You know, you want to add like even more p- potential peril. Let's have it on a train. The bridge is out. There's a bomb on board. Yes. Like <laughs> it's not just about beating the guy up, yeah. right? And uh, the whole uh, adventure from the back of the train to the front takes you to the top of the train, takes you in the train, takes you outside the train, takes you hanging from yeah. the train. And it is edge of your seat exciting the whole way to finally get to where the bomb is and who's waiting for yeah. you the biggest bastard <laughs> in all of india right a sob dude yep and uh i swear it's funny because games do this thing where sometimes it feels button mashy it very easily could have felt this way yeah with, with yeah. this fight scene it very easily could have felt like press x press square you know press triangle like so it could have easily felt like just a QTE, right? But it didn't. It was the tension. It was what was at stake. Everything building up to that. And to have these... It, they did it so well. It was like Cap and Bucky fighting Iron Man in Civil War, yeah. right? When it's you and Nadine taking them out. And like, Chloe's in there and you're getting your shots in. And then he knocks you down. And the way the camera moves, like following Chloe to the ground. Yeah. And you can see Nadine in the background, like, getting her shots in, but taking more than she's giving. So you're like, oh, like, shit, like, I got to get up. I got to get up. Yeah. I got to help her. Like, she's she's going to get beat up. And you get back up, and then you start, like, double teaming him, like, landing shots on him, hitting him in the gut. And, and then you do, like, a flying knee. And the whole time I'm, like, pressing the buttons, I'm, like, just like, fuck yeah, <laughs> like, kill kill him, you know, like, as I'm playing, right? my wife was on the couch next to me and i'm just like get him like get this dude and i swear it's so funny because like not a lot of games can have that effect on you right but like oh i wanted this dude dead by the end of it and like it was such a satisfying moment and the way that fight is choreographed and like filmed filmed you know the way the camera's used the way it's directed oh it was so intense and so rewarding and so like emotionally important that it just felt so damn good to put that dude down.
0: Oh my gosh, dude. Yes, it is a perfect boss fight. And really, that whole sequence takes about an hour of time between the time that you are chasing the train on your Jeep, you get on the train, if you're treasure hunting and you want to find your little treasures, there's treasures to find. You're making your way through the train. Like you said, there's points where you know the, the bridge... You know, they got a, gets Mm -hmm. blown out. There's also a bomb at, at the front of it. Asav's waiting for you. You and, and Nadine are fighting bad guys back and forth. There's a point in that boss fight where it's just you versus Asav. Nadine's knocked out. So it's like you're v one in a dude that you can't beat unless Nadine's with you. And, you know, I'm.
1: And I think, like, as you're fighting him in that moment, you're like, the character is going, like, Nadine, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, like, I need yeah, you. Yeah, like, seriously, yeah.
0: like, get up. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man, it, like you said, the way that they just captured that and make you feel like kind of like you almost feel like Rocky and Rocky 4 right like can I beat the mm-hmm. Russian can I can I beat Asav but it's like you need a little help right and oh my god man that boss fight is amazing i think it's a combination of like a, hate, uh, a bad guy that you hate and you want to see be put down you have the train sequence which is like an homage to Uncharted 2 and then there's kind of like a timed part with it which kind of feels like the, the cruise ship level from Uncharted 3 and so they took mm-hmm. these elements from previous Uncharted games baked them together in a different type of pie and put them in this game and oh my god man that last boss fight is incredible it's well worth your time in this game Yeah, that's a great pick.
1: Now let's go get a pizza. For real. (laughs) And that's how the game (laughs) ends.
0: Yeah, and if you're wondering where Sam is during this whole time, he's in a Jeep next to you. He's your getaway vehicle. It's the two women that are just kicking the shit out of Asav, but also getting the shit kicked out of them, too. Like, it feels real, and it feels like what would have happened, you know? And then you kind of get, like... The the bad German from uh Indiana Jones The Last Crusade moment, not to spoil it, but the the you know, train kind of goes over the track and explodes. So That's you know, right. We don't see yeah. a body, but <laughs> Asav Oh, he's toast. Asab, he's toast. <laughs> he gone. He gone. Uh, yeah,
1: for sure. For yeah, sure. Man,
0: that's a that's a great pick. Great number one. Um, you know, so my number one, um, you had already mentioned previously, which was your number two, is just the pacing of this game. It is moments of nonstop action, but then also just the sweet moments like I talked about earlier. I think this game really shows what Naughty Dog was able to learn from all of the games previous and really put them together and just an absolutely solid game. And I love that they you know they marked this game down from a regular price. Like you mentioned earlier, it's a forty it was a $40 game at launch. And man, it is just the perfect recipe of a game. You want comedy? It's got some comedy. You want action? It's got plenty of it. You want incredible set pieces? It's got it. You want some gunplay? It's got it. You want some some parts where you can sneak up on guys and just break their neck or you even have moments where you get the James Bond silence pistol and you can just shoot guys mm-hmm. like you have everything as far as gameplay goes in this game oh and yes by the way your grappling hook comes back which which was introduced in Uncharted 4's and you and Nadine have them and it's very well implemented you can use that in combat too where you can kind of just like swing around and from tree to tree or, or grappling points on buildings and things like Man, the the pacing in this game is just top-notch. I think this was Naughty Dog going, "Hey, here's everything we've learned and here's here's a perfect just 12-hour game." And yeah, you know, yeah, that's <laughs> I can't really say more about it than that.
1: Hey, it's hard to argue with that. That was my number 2 and your number 1. Yeah, so I think between the two of us it's it's up there.
0: Yeah, man. A good good call on your number 1. I definitely got to say that boss fight is top notch it's so good so good yeah thanks so man. ladies and gentlemen that's our list of our top five really top six like favorite things um ryan i have to ask you though so now that we've mentioned what we like about the game was there anything that was like something you that didn't jive with you that you were like yeah maybe i changed this or anything like that was there something you didn't like Ooh. and it's probably hard to think of something but
1: i mean not really. Yeah. I I think uh it does the you know you mentioned you could use the uh grappling hook right to get around these arenas where you fight enemies and I guess the one thing that Un- uncharted always kind of does is telegraph when that'll be. It's like, "Oh, here you're coming across structures yeah. and grappling points. This is going to be like a, a little arena where you are going to fight bad guys." And I will say in general, I think I think they nailed what they were trying to do with this and Uncharted 4, I think they nailed in The Last of Us Part Two. Just something about the combat in that feels better. It feels a little less loose, a little more precise, a little easier to control. And it's not that the combat's bad in this, but just something about the combat in, for me, all Uncharted games, it just never feels as good as it should. Sure. Uh, it's all there, all the elements that you'd want, like you said, stealth, everything else is there, but it just always feels a little sloppy. Yeah. Right. Um, and these are very minor gripes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I've confessed my love for this game for the last hour. Yeah. Right. So, uh, but I will say that's probably my main complaint. Uh, I do think they got it right with The Last of Us Part 2. So if they do make another Uncharted, I really can't t- wait to see if it takes some of those. Uh, gameplay elements and incorporates them into this this setting, but yeah, it's all very minor stuff. All in all, this game is yeah. is well worth any anybody's time.
0: I think for me, it, uh, this game is so damn good that I just want more of it. So I'm right. hoping that you know, out of the three projects that Naughty Dog's currently working on, that maybe there's a sequel or some sort of form of DLC or something for this story. Because I just want more. Like, I I just want to be back into this world. I want to see what Chloe and Nadine's next adventure is. What's the next, you know, uh treasure that they're going to find? Like, there's an in-game conversation between Chloe and Nadine where Nadine asks Chloe, like, hey, so where have you been? And Chloe goes, Well, I've never been to the States because everything that I'm looking for is usually hundreds of years old. I'd love to see her, like, maybe there's some sort of in-game boss that Got some sort of treasure from ancient Europe or China, Japan, some one of these places, and has, like, brought it into the States, and then she comes and makes her way through New York or L.A. or something, and then, you know, kind of have, like, a globetrotting adventure, you know, that you see in some of the, Ooh. like, other Uncharted games. Like, I would love to see a continuation of these, of these yeah. guys, so...
1: What about a sequel that's like National Treasure, where it deals with like American history? Wouldn't that be Hell something? yeah, that'd be, that would be cool, cool, right? Have, yeah, have
0: two immigrant women, <laughs> right? <laughs> like doing yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, doing a National Treasure style thing, yeah, man, that would be cool. Um, yeah, that's really kind of my only complaint is that there's just not more of it. I'd love to see more of this world, and I, you know, see a continuation of these characters. Even have Sam in there too, because Sam mm-hmm. and Nadine kind of. I wouldn't really. I guess, yeah, sure. They kind of bury the hatchet. They, you know, they yeah. they kind of end on a good note. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm not saying they need to have a romantic interest, but I think you could kind of have this interesting like threesome party that would be really really fun to see more of wh- of what they can accomplish together, more treasures right. to find or something like that. So I'd love to see if Naughty Dog would be willing to put. You know, if if it's just another. Twelve hour experience and it's a new adventure with these characters. Sign me up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: totally down. I 100 percent agree with you. I'm not waiting for PlayStation Plus extra <laughs> if they do that. I'll probably yeah. be there day one. Yeah, now. yeah. for sure, for
0: sure. Um, all right, man. As we come to a close here, I just want to give you some time to kind of talk about your show a little bit, Listoff. So, um, you are a co host on that along with your co host Brian. So, just tell us a little bit about Listoff, and you can kind of tell us you know, kind of how you guys got started and what your show's about, all of that good stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Brian is a friend of mine. We've been friends for only a little bit longer than the show has existed, actually, maybe a a year or so longer than we've been on the air. So a lot of our friendship has grown through the show, which is great. I feel like he's my best buddy. But uh, yeah, we do every week, we do new episodes and We do top ten lists, top five if we have a guest, sometimes top three if the guests are in, if there are two of them. Yeah. But uh, we just pick different topics. They could range from best soundtracks to best hairstyles (laughs) to, you know, comic books, superheroes who deserve a video game. We do all sorts of different topics, and we just go from the bottom up, uh, ten through one, and rank uh, rank these ideas we have, or, or rank different games based off of the topic. And yeah, we we do it every week. We we try to have a good time with it, man. I I I think we I think we succeed, but I'm kind of biased. Sure, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you can find us wherever we wherever you get your podcast. Yes, yeah. we're out there.
0: I out there. I highly and heartily recommend List Off Podcast. Have been able to join you guys um, a little bit sometimes on on Twitch, but also I also do listen to your show. You guys have a great show. No, I mean who doesn't like a good list? So um, right. <laughs> I, I recently listened to uh, what was it the the top ten. Uh, favorite mini games in uh, video games, which yeah. was a really fun episode. Go check that one out. It's a really good time. Brian's a great dude. Also Ryan is a great dude too. So they, well, thanks, they, they have a lot of fun. Um, so any uh, like future plans, like do you want to sometimes, you know, do you have any plans to kind of maybe, you know, move away a little bit from just doing lists and kind of have other episode types planned or anything like that? Or is that a little bit too big of a peek behind the curtain?
1: <laughs> no, no, not at all. I mean, I'll, I'll tell yeah, you sure. about anything, man. Uh, we've talked about it. We've talked about it for two years now, and we still haven't <laughs> moved away from video games. So I, I think we're pretty firmly a video game podcast. Sure. We, we do have topic ideas that have to do with movies it's the one other field we've thought about venturing in I I mean I could probably do comic books and music but Brian said like I don't know how many lists I can make out of those so we did end up coming to terms with like well if we venture outside of video games it would probably be for movie lists as well but I think we're pretty cemented as a video game podcast after a little over two years of it now and I mean if you look at our our backlog of upcoming lists we probably have about 40 to 50 lined yeah, up at nice. the moment so we're not lack. we're not which is surprising sometimes like i'm surprised we're still able to come up with fresh list ideas after two years of doing it yeah you know, especially being you weekly
0: too so yeah right
1: yeah <laughs> you'd, you'd think you'd run out of topics yeah. but uh luckily we do have a discord so people can suggest episodes on there and we had quite a few suggestions lately so that's like really helps out with uh with the uh, list ideas that's awesome
0: that's awesome yeah i i can't wait to listen to more of your guys's content you guys really do put out good stuff and i i do genuinely enjoy uh your show uh hope to be on at some point so
1: Thanks, um of course you will be yeah. on yeah it's just uh so brian is going on paternity leave we will have pre-recorded episodes for when that happens nice. but uh we're kind of booked to the point where we're comfortable yeah. <laughs> with his, due, with the due date, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but as soon as he comes back, man, you're top of the list, dude. For Appreciate
0: sure. it. That's awesome, man. So, um, I will have links to the list off podcast in the description below. Please do go check them out. They're a really good podcast. Um, I, man, I can't thank you enough for being on this, sh- this show and talking about really one of my favorite games of all time. Honestly, like, Probably top 10 overall. I mean, most of the Uncharted's are in my top 10, but I'm a Sony Pony fanboy, so, you know, it's all good. So
1: It's hard It's hard not to be. They make such good 1st They party
0: really games. do. Naughty Dog is one of the best, if not the. So, um, brother, I can't thank you enough for being on my show. Really do appreciate it. This was a good time. Please do go check out List Off Podcast. They're a great show. Um, Ryan, thanks again. Anything you want to say before we head out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I want to say thank you. I'm honored to be here, man. Appreciate and thank it. you so much for think, thinking of us and inviting us on. Uh, sorry, Brian couldn't make it, but he's kind of limited to our show as he preps for said baby. Sure. So, uh, but definitely appreciate the invite, man. I'm, I'm honored.
0: Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Happy to have you here, and definitely don't think it'll be the last time we get to do something together. So. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the Video Game Lounge. Please do go check out List Off Podcast. Andrew and Kevin will be returning very soon. Appreciate you, love you, and we'll catch you on the next episode. See ya! Bye! Like
1: a... Like a um What's the word I'm looking for? Like, a, uh, uh, right, right. Golly, why could I, we did an episode on the top 10 of these and yeah. I can't even remember the damn term. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I, I gotta look yeah, it up. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's so funny. I'm blanking, blanking on it blanking too. On and thing. I know what you're talking about. We gotta about. edit yeah, this out. That's but, all good. Uh, quick time event. Jesus Christ. Yeah. QTEs. So, there
0: we go.